0: Welcome to mini episode 89 of Real Life Ghost Stories. To kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Kristen Christensen Samantha Lindstrom Kayla Jackson Elizabeth McClung Brad Kazarian Lauren Flynn Dara Tokars Sophie Kettlewell Crystal Martin Ruby Moon Denise Marion Amy Pierre Danny Palmer, Karen G. Bach, Chrissy Hintz, Stephanie Waltz, Steph and Dex, Kelly Anne Blecher, and Margaret Piper. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. It is so appreciated, and I'm thankful for you every single day. And I have five spooky listener stories for you today. And the last story comes from August the eighteenth. And story number one comes from Dan. I don't normally share my experiences that involve ghosts or demons. First off, I believe there is a difference between the two, but that is a conversation for another time. The house my story takes place in is a pretty creepy house. It's not really that old. It was built in the late 70s or early 80s. I think the reason that it's so creepy is the remodels or updates that have been done on it were poor attempts and left it with rooms in the basement without windows, blood red carpet in the basement, faulty wiring and crappy finish work. When I was living in this house with an older sister and her family, they rented out the basement to random people to help pay the bills. One of their tenants one day was playing a video game that the adults and me at 15 decided to watch him play. The game was not like any other I've ever seen before or since. In the game, you are playing as a young woman realtor trying to figure out why a house would not sell. Slowly as you play the game, your character gets trapped in the house, and her husband gets possessed by the devil. By the end of the game, you are running for your life from the devil, where if you get caught, you get killed in random, gruesome ways. Once we finished this game, the room we were playing in had a heavy, dark feeling. I mean, the atmosphere was so thick you could probably cut it with a butter knife. Everyone left the room, and that is when things started going very strange in the house. That was 20 years ago. My sister still lives in that house, and things still go bump in the night. One of these strange things is the story that I really wanted to share. I have not shared it much, because most people after hearing it either think I am weird or stop talking to me altogether. One night in my sister's house I was up late at night playing a computer game in her front room. The computer was on a wall that had an archway. And as I was on the computer, a smoky white figure walked across the opening. I could not say it was out of the corner of my eye, but I wasn't fully focused on it, so it was a kind of in between the corner of my eye and direct vision. The first thought that crossed my mind was, what the hell? So I did a double take. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary so I continued playing on the computer. Once again it walked by in the other direction. The hair stood up on the back of my neck and I really realised that I saw something. This time I started closing down the game I was playing and looked around the corner and down the hallway that led to my sister's room. There was nothing there. I sat back down at the computer waiting for it to turn off. The figure walked by the opening again, but this time turned and walked down the hallway towards my sister's room. I figured that it must be my brother-in-law. He is kind of a prick when it comes to teasing people and pressing practical jokes past the point of funny. I walked down the hall to their room, passing through a cold spot, not really thinking anything of it. I knocked on the door and asked her husband to knock it off. They were both out cold... And groggy responses of, go away and go back to sleep, came from behind the door. Now I was starting to get pretty freaked out. I walked slowly back to the front room, wanting to make sure the computer was shut all the way off. This was 20 years ago, when computers were way slower to close down. I looked at the screen and noticed I still had to click on the close everything tab. I sat down and saw the figure going from the hall into the kitchen and then back into the hall again. This time was more direct, and I knew exactly what I saw. I pressed and held the button to manually shut down the desktop. The computer clicked off and I crossed the hall heading for the stairs leading to the basement which was where my room was. I'd had enough for one night, and as I was crossing the hallway I looked down the hall to see if my sister's door was open. It was not open but the laundry door next to it was and that was definitely closed and locked when I went down there earlier. Shivers ran up my spine. I took a step down the first stair and felt a brushing of fingertips across the back of my neck. I can't really describe what it felt like it just scared the crap out of me. I ran down the stairs I also can't really remember how many I skipped, but I'm sure I missed several steps and I ran into the wall at the bottom, swung around the corner and went into my room. I locked the door and jumped under the covers. For a moment, there was nothing, and right as I was thinking that it was all my imagination, the doorknob started rattling, and it seemed like whatever was on the other side was pretty angry. I started pleading with God that it stay out there and go away and eventually it did go away. I wish I could say it never came back but I have had several run-ins with it since then. And story number two comes from Taryn. I'm 21 and currently live in Washington state with my three other roommates. For context we live in a duplex in which our half is the original house which was built in 1900, added on was the second half of the duplex, as well as my room and my roommate Betsy's room. In short, the living room and kitchen, as well as the two other bedrooms in our house, are the original standing parts of the house. The house from the outside is beautiful, with a huge yard and big windows facing the front, but there's somewhat of an eerie feeling inside. Before we moved in, my current roommate Betsy had a dream that took place in the house, which involved her and our past roommate choosing beds, and she was forced to sleep in a bed that had a dark cloud over it. The dream set us all on edge. Was it a premonition? Or simply just moving nerves? After this, when we first moved in, Betsy, who was the most spiritually open in the house, emphasised her need to suss out the rooms before choosing one to move into. Immediately it was apparent that the closet in one of the older rooms had a weird cold feeling and gave off bad energy. We later found out that this closet has a hole in the top that leads into an opening in the ceiling, which could easily be an old house trait, but it's interesting nonetheless. Keeping in line with the closet motif, My room, which is on the newer part of the house, has a small additional closet. We refer to it as the Chokey, like the one from Matilda. While that one isn't quite as creepy as the other one, it's still so cold every time the door is opened. After a few months, and some weird smaller things happening, like constantly hearing footsteps running up and down the stairs that connect our rooms, or Betsy seeing figures out of the corner of her eye, Betsy also recounted to me that she finds it hard to meditate in this house, as she can feel people lightly touching her. This all seems like we could justify it away until I finally had an experience of my own. One morning while I was laying in bed, I heard the unmistakable sound of my roommate tapping on my door with her fake nails. This was a sound that I had heard many times before, but it was strange to happen so early in the morning. It was so quiet... That I thought I was hearing things but I got up to check regardless. When I opened the door nobody was there. And when I asked later my roommate who usually tapped on my door had been sleeping at the time. This happened again several times. Once the tapping was relentless and happened about 8 times within a 30 minute period. This time I didn't get up to check and just waited for it to go away. At the time I passed it off as something else but it hasn't happened since. Something that still occurs to this day is hearing the voices of our friends and roommates when they aren't speaking. The first time this happened, Betsy was cooking and heard our previous roommates whisper in her ear when she wasn't talking. Just the other day I heard my roommate say my name from the living room while I was in the kitchen. I said what? But heard no answer and when I checked the living room he was coming out of his bedroom and looked confused as to why I had said something in the first place. He said he hadn't called my name. This has happened on other occasions to both me and Betsy, and it is always in the voice of someone we know, but strangely not each other's voices. While there is the normal hearing a weird sound that you pass off as something else, or seeing figures or movement in the corner of your eye that is also passed off, there are two experiences that stand out to me as eerie. The first was not experienced by my roommates or myself, but by a friend who is very spiritually open and frequently has experiences in her own life. She said that once when falling asleep on our couch, she saw a little boy in front of her face and several times experienced a childlike spirit in our house. The second was experienced by myself and Betsy while discussing how we could rent a castle on Airbnb. That's a long story, but while doing this, Betsy said, What if they're haunted? At this exact moment, we both felt a gust of air blow through the room and my bedroom door slammed shut. We passed it off as an open window, but the timing felt way too coincidental given the topic of a discussion. Even more frightening, we had shut the window that could have created the draft prior to this conversation. Betsy and I have theorized many times about what this could be, Are there multiple spirits here, or just one? Is it a child or something more menacing like the one in Betsy's dream? Small occurrences like things falling off the wall, crashes or whispers may seem harmless in the beginning, but from all of our extensive research about ghosts, this could be the start of more activity in the house. And story number three comes from Jay. This happened seven years ago when I had enough of my depression and just decided one day to cut most of my hair off. Pretty dramatic way to say that I got a pixie cut. I packed an overnight bag and bought a one-way ticket to a city an hour's flight away from my hometown. I arrived in Cebu in the Philippines with just my bag, a few thousand pesos and no plans. Not even a hotel reservation, which was a very, very bad idea because of what happened next. I figured I'd walk in and book into the first cheap hotel I could find downtown. After a few minutes of walking, I found one, tucked away at the end of a lively alley. It was maybe 100 metres from the main street. The entrance to the alley had a 7-Eleven and a billiard hall and was full of students from the nearby universities. The hotel itself, however, gave a more subdued vibe. It looked a bit old, but was clean at least. I went in, asked for a room and booked a two-night stay. My room was to be on the third floor. I got my keys and a porter took my bags and led me to where I was supposed to be staying. While we were climbing up the stairs, we passed by three children on their way down, a girl and two boys. They looked like local kids, dressed in what we would call house clothes. Not really pyjamas, but not really the clothes we'd wear if we were out in public either, which was a bit weird since we were in a hotel after all. They were chatting as they went down, but the smallest boy wasn't saying anything. When we were on the same steps, I made the mistake of making eye contact with that small, silent boy. He looked like a regular boy. He had a bored expression on his face, but what struck me was that he was barefoot. I don't know why, but he gave me the heebie-jeebies. But I just shook the feeling off and continued to my room. The rest of the day was normal. I managed to schedule an interview for the next day, so I figured I'd order room service and just spend the rest of the day watching TV. Now I'm a night owl and usually sleep at around 2am. But at around 10pm I was feeling uneasy, so I decided it might be best to sleep early. And by some miracle I was soon dozing off. However, I got woken up by the sound of someone running up and down the hallway. I felt a bit annoyed thinking it was probably a drunk guest but not annoyed enough to actually do anything about it, so I tried going back to sleep. But then I started to hear a faint voice, calling out. It sounded like it was coming from the other end of the hall. The voice was childlike, and at first I couldn't make out what they were saying. I rolled my eyes and just tried to tune it out when I heard, "Jay." Jay, where are you? I froze. The voice sounded as if it was a few doors down now. The running started again, and this time it was right at the hole where my room was. Where are you, Jay? Now, my name is very common, but I couldn't help but think that this child was actually looking for me, running around in a quiet hotel in the middle of the night. Another weird thing is this kid was calling out to me, but not in the language that we use in that region, but in English, which was very, very strange. I tried convincing myself that it was just some other guest's kid, probably foreigners, but that didn't really make me less scared. The kid was still running around, and I think at one point, he or she stopped in front of my door, but ran again after a few very, very deafening heartbeats. I quickly turned on the TV turned the volume up, left the lights on and hid under the duvet until I passed out from terror. The next day on my way to breakfast, I asked the front desk if they had seen a kid running around on the third floor late last night. They said the previous shift hadn't reported anything out of the ordinary, so I asked if there were families booked on the same floor and boy howdy I nearly fainted at their answer. As it turns out I was alone at the hotel I was the only guest booked in for that week since it was off peak i cancelled my last night and went into my interview lugging my overnight bag with me and story number four comes from kayleen the week my great-grandmother passed my family all had very similar dreams about her on the day of her death she had visited a few family members And my grandmother told us that her mother was not happy to have left this world alone. On the day of the funeral, a few strange things happened. The engine of the hearse that was carrying my great-grandmother blew and it got stuck on the highway. While they waited for a replacement vehicle, we all went along to the gravesite, where there was no coffin to bury as it was stuck on the highway. Eventually it arrived and the service continued. Now, I come from a very big family... My mother has seven brothers and sisters and about 15 cousins and we're all extremely close. For culture's sake, we have something called after tears, where family and friends gather after burying a loved one. Here we eat, drink and be merry and celebrate the life that has just passed. My uncle had been driving not far away from the house and was involved in a car accident and sadly died that day. This was the year 2001. Over the years since his death, my uncle has visited me many times. He would talk to me and ask me to join him. I always told him that I was busy and that I would join him eventually and that he should wait. Eventually he accepted this answer and he never asked again. As the years went on, he would visit me in my dreams, but he never spoke to me in these dreams and would always show me something that would normally manifest in this world with my family, like a guide in my life, I believe. In February of this year, I lost my dad. It was unexpected and heartbreaking. At this time, I had not dreamt of my uncle for a few years, but on the 5th of May, it would have been his 50th birthday. In my dream, I dreamt that I was at a very big party, and like before, my uncle was there. We were at his birthday party, and by now, my granny had passed on and my grandfather over the years. Their presence in my dream was very strong, And though I saw almost every family member in my dream, I followed my uncle, and there in the corner of my room stood my father, smoking a cigarette like he always did when he was alive. I continued to follow my uncle, who seemed to be approaching my father, and they hugged and laughed, and I heard my uncle's voice for the first time in a long time. He said, it's good to see you, Eduardo. That's my father's name. They all hugged and laughed and seemed to be in good spirits. Then they looked at me and walked away. I woke up feeling really happy. Of course, I cried a little, but for the first time in my life, I'm not afraid of death or what awaits because I know my loved ones wait for me. And story number five comes from Arelli. This story happened before I was born and in my parents' town in Mexico, but it still affects my mom and I till this day. Before my mom got married to my pops, my pops was a Don John. And I don't know how he got my mom to marry him, to be honest. Anyway, during one of his adventures, he ended up messing around with the wrong person. This lady, La Huitalola, or the Vulture, was known to be a witch. She was known to make potions and powders, to make people stay with you and be devoted to you. The people who had fallen victim to this were so devoted to their partners and had a glazed look in their eyes like they weren't really there. When I asked how, my mom's sister would say that she would tell ladies to bring their period blood and she would mix it in with herbs and the man's favourite drink and have him drink it up without him knowing. But back to the story. The vulture was said to have fallen in love with my dad. It was well known that she tried everything to keep him but I suppose my mom's pure intentions and love were much stronger than whatever she brewed. On my mom's wedding day, when she was getting out of the car, the vulture came up to her and started yelling out loud. With you, I may not have been able to harm you, but with your children, I will. My mom said she remained calm as she watched her siblings remove the lady from the church. Also... My dad was two hours late to his wedding and no one knew where he was. The wedding took place when my mother was pregnant with her first child. When my sister was born a few months later she died in her sleep. A few days before her death she would always cry and cry and the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. But my mom said that the lady's face popped into her mind once her daughter passed. Two years later my mom was pregnant with my eldest brother. During this time, my dad's brother gave my mom some chocolate and once my mom ate it, he stated, The vulture sends her regards. My mom said that when he said that, a coldness started from her feet and went up and consumed her whole body. She grabbed my uncle and said, Look, if anything happens to my baby, it will be on your conscience. My uncle laughed, thinking the whole thing was a joke. And then he saw my mom's expression. She was not messing around and he started apologizing profusely. My mom has never been able to eat chocolate since then. Two months after that, a priest from Mexico came to bless new families. However, my mom said that when it was their turn, the priest touched her belly, sighed heavily and sadly and stated, this child already belongs to God. He then grabbed my mom's shoulder and told her to be strong. My mom said she broke into full body chills when the priest said that. A month after that, my brother was born dead. He didn't even cry out. My mom finally got permission to come to the USA and my two brothers before me were born healthy and happy and very much alive. They would go to Mexico every eight months and spend about two or three months there. However, before I was born, my mom found out my dad was once again befriending the vulture and they were planning on splitting up my mom was super hurt because she blamed the witch for the death of my two eldest siblings my dad's father talked to him and he asked my mom's forgiveness and they planned on staying together when the witch heard this she went to my dad's parents house one day and asked my dad to stay with her my dad's siblings are assholes they didn't like my mom because she was darker skinned than them and they saw her as beneath them my dad said he couldn't and didn't want to And that's when the witch got utterly pissed off and said to him One day I will hurt you with what you love the most and that day you will never forget me. When my parents decided to try again I was conceived in Mexico and the plan was that I would be the first child to be born in Mexico. My mom said she didn't want to know what my biological sex was. She wanted it to be a surprise. Anyway About seven and a half months into her pregnancy, my mom began to get sick. I was a child who would constantly move and kick her, but that month in Mexico, I would become completely still. My mom would go to the doctors and they would tell her that my heartbeat was faint, but that I was still alive. My mom was having none of it. She told my dad that she was coming back to LA to have me there. My dad was mad and refused to come with her. She didn't care. She jumped in a cab and then got on a plane and came to LA to have me. As soon as she landed she said I started going crazy moving and kicking her and she said it was the happiest pain of her life. A week or two later my dad came to join her. A month or so later I was born. My mom said she never thought she would see the day where my dad looked at someone with such love and tenderness as he looked at me. I was a pretty happy and healthy baby and my dad would not let go of me. Up until this day, my dad and I are pretty close. Anyway, I was born in January, so my first visit to Mexico was in June. She said that as soon as people found out we were there, a big human-looking owl would stand on a tree branch outside her window and make whistling sounds. It would coo at her, and she said it almost sounded human. A week after my first visit, I got super sick with a high fever, and I would not stop crying. My mom said this was like a flashback from her first ever baby. The doctors didn't know what was wrong as all my vitals were good except for my escalating fever. They wanted to hospitalise me but my mom refused and had my dad drive us two hours to the airport. They didn't want to let us in because I looked sick but my mom pleaded and prayed and after a few hours they let her get on the plane. My mom said as soon as she got here she hailed a cab to take me to the ER. She hopped onto the plane with no luggage, just baby supplies and birth certificates. However, on the way to ER, my fever went down, and I was cooing and happy and able to eat. I was healthy again. She still took me to the hospital, and the doctor said I was okay. My grandma would bless me every year after that when we went to Mexico. My dad's dad died in January 2013, so my mom, understanding my dad's concern to not leave his mom alone, let him go and stay with her for a full year. That same year, a big black dog started following me everywhere. It would pop out of the strangest places and just trot along. I didn't mind. Street dogs are treated badly, so I saw it as my companion. However, one day when my grandmother from my mom's side came to hug me, the dog went rabid. It growled and bared its teeth and tried to attack my grandma. I yelled at it to stop and my grandma such a badass brought her walking stick steadily up and dropped it down to the dirt and said you may take many forms but you cannot have my granddaughter out of here dog from hell the dog and my grandma stared at each other intensely for maybe 10 seconds but it felt like hours due to the tension every year after that something or the other would happen to me things that were unexplainable but I would just walk faster and pray and try to never be left alone. However, in 2016, all hell broke loose. I was walking with tennis shoes and I tore the three ligaments on my right ankle while walking. So I was on crutches and a wheelchair for the remainder of my trip. One night, my parents were going to go out and I asked them if they could bring me food before they left. For some reason, I ordered what my mom used to order from a food stand where my dad had previously messed around with the lady's daughter. I know, I know, I'm a dumbass. My mom stopped eating there, and I did too, but for some reason that night I was really craving their food. My parents brought my food, and on our way out my mom asked if I was sure I wanted to eat that. And I said yes, and they both left. Around 2am I had a horrible stomach ache. I went to the restroom and it was not pretty. My mom was arguing that I overate, but I told her that I threw out most of the food because it tasted weird. When she went and checked the trash can, she found maggots mixed in with the food. Just FYI, I was knocked out for the following part, but this is what my mom told me that happened. She said that during daybreak, I stood up, eyes completely white, and threw up. But I threw up Dirt. Shortly after, I started screaming that the shadow was suffocating me, that it whispered that it wanted me. My mom said she never heard me scream the way I was screaming that day. She said that I was twisting my torso into what she would, could only say looked painful and uncomfortable. She yelled at my dad to get the phone and she called my grandmother crying. After that, her sister and my dad went to collect my grandmother. She said I was sweating, but my body was cold. She got holy water and threw it all over the room. She grabbed all the crucifixes and put them in place around me. When my grandma got in, she grabbed my mom and told her that she knew the prayer that she needed to say. My mom said she tried, but her tongue would ball up. My grandmother asked for rosemary, rue and some other herbs, I forget their names, lemons and fresh chicken eggs. My grandmother started to cleanse me with the herbs, saying her prayers. My mom said at that point I sat up, yelled and fell back down completely still. My dad was hugging me and was crying and my mom was yelling at him. This is your fault. This is because of your loose penis. If my daughter dies, it's your penis's fault. My grandmother grabbed my mom and told her not to become distracted and they both prayed and cleansed me. After what seemed like an eternity, which were my mom's words, she said I came to and asked why my grandmother was there. Up to this date, I have no recollection of what happened, only my mom's story. My grandmother won't talk about it anymore. She says that if it happened, it happened, we're done with it, and we don't need to recall it. However, my grandmother did tell me I need to be careful of who I eat from and where I walk to. She says my dad pissed off a lot of ladies, and a lot of these ladies are known to do witchcraft. My grandmother said she owes praise for our safety. And that though I injured my leg, I was lucky it wasn't worse. To the point that I could have lost it. She also said that the food I ate was not meant for me. It was meant for my mom. And if my mom ate it, she would have been dead that night. But the summoned creature was promised to soul, so he left pretty unhappy. I think my pops learned his lesson. There's been a complete turnaround as to how he treats my mom. And I'm guessing that almost losing me gave him the scare that he needed. I have so many stories about my grandmother and the female came from my mom's side. But maybe another time. That story was wild. Just completely wild. I loved it. I love stories about witchcraft and superstitious traditions from other countries incredible thank you to Dan, Taryn, Jay, Kayleen and Aureli for your stories they were amazing and if you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com you can also check out our website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and on that note I shall see you next time